Hey y'all, welcome to Adventures with Aggie. Today we have with us Drake Callender. He's an alum of UC Berkeley and a goalkeeper for Inner Miami. Awesome, so Drake, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, can't really complain right now. I'm playing soccer. Um, you know, it's my first time really living on my own away from home. So I've been embracing that. Um, I'm really just taking it day by day. Of course, you know, with what's been going on this year, things have been a little hectic. Um, not necessarily normal to most of us, but I've done a good job of adapting to the situation and figuring out, you know, my groove and how I can keep um, progressing forward in a positive way and just figuring out how to navigate this kind of new normal that we're in. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm glad you're, you're doing what you love, right? During all the craziness, you still have that cons- the constant there for you, which is yeah. great. Um, Cool. So just to get started, like, let's go through your background. Um, can you start with like some of your earliest memories playing soccer? Like as a, as a young boy, what was Drake doing? <laughs> yeah. So um, I grew up in uh, Sacramento, California, in a small town called Orangeville, Fair Oaks, kind of like, kind of like the suburbs of Sacramento. Um, and I would say my earliest memories of playing soccer was I played on this team called the Orangeville Nemos. <laughs> Uh, which I thought was, it was just a really cool team to be on, you know, it was a co-ed, um, you know, I started playing soccer when I was like four or five years old, um, didn't play a goalie at the time, which is the main position I play now. Um, but then, you know, as I got older, you know, I started playing on the field and in goal, um, slowly, you know, transitioning from rec league to select to competitive, eventually to academy. I'm not necessarily sure how, you know, the leagues are set up nowadays, but back then there was like different tiers um, you could play in. So as I got older, I slowly progressed up to um, academy and then eventually collegiate soccer. So um, that's a little background on kind of, you know, some of my memories about soccer. That's awesome. I also played on a co-ed league, I think when I was like five or six, kind of like what you were saying. Um, Mm -hmm. I was the only girl. Um, Soccer was not my sport. I quit after that season but (laughs) the memories were great um good times but that's so funny that you also started that way but um yeah so did you have like a coach or a mentor growing up that kind of like let you know like this is what you wanted to do when I was younger like when I first started playing I, I of course you know all my coaches were supportive and I was pretty good at the time, so they would always be like, oh, like, you should you should keep playing soccer. But I didn't necessarily have anyone, aside from my parents and my older brother, who were kind of, like, supporting me and being like, hey, like, if you really invest time into this and work hard, then, you know, um, this could be your career when the time comes. But as I got older, um, getting into, like, high school and eventually into college, you know, I would have – I have an older brother, but, you know – he has friends and so I would have guys to look up to um, who kind of, you know, been, who have been in my shoes before playing sports, you know, being in school. So it was nice having um, just older guys to look up to and talk to and, you know, get their insights about, you know, how they felt um, with school and playing. So that was, that was good. I didn't really get like a true mentor until I got to college, um, which, you know, I went to UC Berkeley and there was a bunch of resources there, not only for athletics, but, for school too. So I was really able to connect with people who have, you know, have a lot of experience in that, in that field. Definitely. Yeah. So what attracted you to UC Berkeley? Like how did you end up there? 
Um, it was the first school that contacted me regarding, you know, sports. Um, I, you know, well, I, at the time, I wasn't, didn't have like a list of colleges I wanted to go to. Um, you know, I wasn't like a superstar soccer player. Um, the coaches just saw a lot of potential in me. And, you know, I was able to, you know, verbally commit there and then sign my letter of intent my senior year. That was really the only school that you know, scouted me. And I was like, hey, it's only an hour and a half away from home. You know, my family will be able to come watch me play. Um, it's a two hour train ride, you know, hour and a half drive. So it was it was close. And, you know, for me, I felt like that was a good a good school to go to, not only for the sports program, but for um, academics as well. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. Berkeley's an awesome school. I'm sure you had a great time. Um, you had a lot of success there too. Can you tell us about like some of the highlights of like playing for UC Berkeley and what that was like? Yeah. Um, so my freshman year, we went, so we, we went to the tournament two years out of the four years I was there. You know, we were always a good competitor in our league. We had some really good teams in our league, you know, even though we only had six teams, um, we would play everyone twice. So there was, we always had a home game and an away game, which is a little different than other leagues um, who may only play a team once and the next year they'll play them, you know, at home or away, depending on, you know, where they played them the first time. Right. Um, but yeah, so my sophomore year, we made it to the first round of the NCAA tournament, played USF, didn't win, but, you know, it was still good for us, or it was still good for us to make it to the tournament um, that's always the goal is to make it to a tournament and, you know, play for the national championship. Um, and then junior year, uh, we didn't make it. And then senior year, we made it to the first round again and then lost to UCSB. So, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a really good program. We were just kind of like lacking, um, I think the discipline to go to, to go far, you know, it was, you know, as tough as Cal is academically, you know, I think all students kind of experience this, you know, balancing sports and school. Um, but I think it's, it comes down to a matter of energy during playoffs because you get so exhausted throughout the year. You know, you have to really manage how you're feeling, how the team's feeling, um, if you really want to make a run. So even though we made it to the first round of playoffs twice in my career, I still felt like that was good for us. Of course, we wanted to go farther, but um, for that team, I felt like, you know, it was, it, it was good for us to make it that far. Definitely. Definitely. You kind of touched on this. Um, and I was going to ask you next, can you talk about like just being a student athlete and like that grind? I'm, I know UC Berkeley is an academically rigorous school. Um, mm -hmm. so how did you handle that coming into UC Berkeley? Yeah, well, you know, I didn't necessarily have a, a lot of experience or insight going into college. Like I maybe visited Cal a few, like maybe two times before I actually got there and moved into like my freshman dorms. Um, so everything was very new to me, but I think the advantage I had, I think a lot, I think a main advantage that athletes have coming into a university is like they have a team. Um, they already get there and there's a whole, a whole team in place. There's, sophomores, juniors, seniors, a whole coaching staff, assistant coaches, and other athletes. So there's already a community there. Um, so you kind of, you know, naturally build friends. Um, 
of course, if I was a regular student, I'm sure there's clubs and you, you, you would meet people here and there, but you know, there was a solidified, you know, group of guys that I was able to resonate with from the start. Um, so the transition of course was tough because everything was new to me, but being able to endure that with my class, as well as the guys, you know, that were ahead of me helped me out a lot. Um, and especially since we spent so much time together training, you know, um, it's kind of hanging out. Like it's good to have that team solidarity there. And, um, but I guess kind of moving on, it was, it then turned into, you know, me trying to figure out, you know, how this whole student at the student athlete thing works where, you know, you have to balance sports and school. Um, time management is huge because you have to account for the amount of energy you're spending at training, lifting, team meetings, and then still having enough energy to perform well in school, you know, cause you know, school is a, just as much as a priority as sports are. Um, if we don't perform in the class, we don't, you know, have the minimum GPA, then we won't be able to play on the team. And so that was probably the most challenging part was finding a balance between, all right, like I want to give it up my all, at training and in games because, you know, I, I want to perform well, you know, I, I want to represent not only the school, but my team well, but then also it's like, I, I wanted to, I feel like student athletes, you know, we, we have to also prepare ourselves for, you know, life without sports. If that's not a path we decide to take once we're done in college. Um, so I think all student athletes can kind of resonate with, you know, really like the college experience is, everyone has a unique college experience, but being a student athlete was very challenging. But I think if you really just kind of bought into it and you worked hard, then like the benefits you get once completing, you know, four years, two years, three years, however long you decide to be a student athlete is exponential going forward. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm sure time management and balance seems huge for student athletes, but I'm glad you mastered that and things. And I'm sure that the group having like that immediate I don't know, like, I know y'all aren't friends, like, right, when you step on campus, right, like, you're not immediately friends with the soccer team, but just having that one thing in common, like, you can always just go back to that, right, if you need to talk about something, or if you, I don't know, want to have something in common, I'm sure that helps a lot. Yeah, but, yeah, and yeah. also, I guess, having a coach who's, like, looking out for you, who's pushing you to be better, like, that's really important, like, we have natural mentors in place, we have, you know, academic advisors for our team, and that's, you know, pretty we're pretty fortunate to have those because I, I, I couldn't imagine just going in as a regular student trying to navigate the campus and um, having I guess not a natural mentor you know kind of learning through experience I learned through experience but still having um, someone who's coached student athletes before kind of knows the ropes to help you out is is huge definitely definitely having the guidance is great um, so I wanted to ask you, when did you move to being a goalkeeper? Like, where was that transition or where did you find out like, oh, that's what I want to do now? Yeah. So it was, um, I grew up playing like forward. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, taller for my age. Um, I was really fast. I was a lot leaner than I am now. <laughs> I could run <laughs> a lot longer, but I would say when I got into sophomore year of high school was when I like fully committed to playing goalkeeper. Um, up until then, it was kind of half and half. Some games I played full goalkeeper. Some games I played, you know, full striker. 
some games I played, you know, half on the field, half in goal. Um, but it was – I was 15, 16 when I fully committed to being goalkeeper. Um, and I remember the first time I played goalie, it was during a, it was during an indoor game, and I had a great game. Wasn't even wearing gloves at the time. Um, I, was, I just had a really, really fun time playing goalie. I was making saves, you know, um, getting scored on for the first time. I remember was something that, you know, kind of made me, I was like, okay, I don't want these, I don't, I don't want to get scored on. So it kind of <laughs> built up like this determination to be a force back there. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, once I realized like, okay, like I could actually like, I'm actually starting to get like really good. Then I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna run with this. I'm so glad that's your thing. It's definitely not my thing, but I'm glad that worked (laughs) out for you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's no way. I just, I don't think I could deal with the pressure, right? And the focus that you have to have to stand there and be ready to, I don't know, come at whatever's coming at you, right? I don't, I don't have that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's, goalkeeper is such a unique position because you have to be fully focused for the entire 90 minutes. There's some games where you may not even you might you may see one or two shots, but you know some people think goalies just stand there and make the save. No, there's a lot of communication involved. Um, you know, game planning, like you know, make sure your defense is in the right position to stop the ball from getting to you. Um, a lot of you should be exhausted at the end of a game, even if it wasn't physically demanding, because of the mental work that you do, the communication, of the thinking, of just like being present and like focusing the entire time. Um, Because if you're not focused and you slip up, then that's that that can be the moment that defines the game where you get scored on, where you make a mistake. Um, And I've been in that situation before. You know, it takes a while to really to be able to focus for that long and um, have that same energy the entire game. Because if you slack off a bit, then uh, you might get out of rhythm and you may not be in the state where you're ready to make the save or make the play. Right. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. crazy. I applaud you. I applaud you. Mm -hmm. Not my thing. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. A couple more things from me and then we'll jump into everybody else's questions. Um, So I know you were signed with inner Miami in 2019. How has that experience been for you? I'm sure it's not the typical signing experience with all of the current circumstances and things, but how's it been so far? Yeah. So this, I guess my rookie year hasn't, like you were saying, it hasn't been like, you know, the normal rookie year. Um, But having the opportunity to come to an MLS expansion team and, you know, start my career, you know, under a great coaching staff, under great owners like David Beckham and the the Amos brothers is, is huge. Um, You know, I'm very grateful. And it really just kind of like, made me realize like how how much hard work needs to be done in order to you know get a team that's never played before into you know a forum where you know we can we can perform well we can win games and also having a part in building the team culture you know because this is our first year and that's really important you know how how we are in the locker room you know how we how, how we treat each other bringing guys from different teams different ages um players who don't have any pro experience like myself. I have some now, but when I first got there, I was like, all right, this is like the first time I'm doing this. <laughs> um, but in some sense, we were all kind of in the same boat because, you know, not many, I don't think if, if any at all guys have played on expansion teams where, you know, you bring players together from all these different teams, from international teams together. 
and build a team and train and um, get used to playing with each other. Um, so it's been, it's been a wild ride. Um, I'm finally comfortable, I guess, in South Florida. Um, this is my first time. Uh, I went, I've been to Florida once before for uh, a tournament when I was younger, but it's my first time actually like living here and getting used to the area and, um, I can't really complain, you know, it's the weather, it can be nice and cloudy and sunny and then it can be storming one, one minute and then it's gone the next. Um, but the humidity is, it really kicked my butt the first time, um, I was here, you know, training in that. So, uh, it's been, it's been good. Yeah. I, I, I think I accepted the challenge well. And, you know, I think where we are at as a team now is we've started to bond closer and closer, um, and start to build momentum going into this next part of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like how you summed it all up with, it's been good. <laughs> despite, <laughs> despite all the tough things that have happened, it's good. <laughs> yeah. But no, I do. I feel the humidity thing. I'm from Alabama. So mm-hmm. we get that too. It's not my favorite, not great for outdoor sports, <laughs> but you know, you make it work. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you're there and you're settled in now. That's good to know. Um, I was going to ask you about like how the team is integrating and like how y'all are getting used to each other, but you kind of like touched on that. Like, I'm just wondering about like, you talked about like culture, like how everybody's coming in from different teams and stuff and just how like the personalities mesh with such a brand new team that the team doesn't have like the culture and the brand fully set yet. Yeah. So like having just everybody come in new at the same time, that's so interesting to me, but you touched on it already. So if you're, you're done there, then you're done there, but it's so interesting. And I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. I guess one more thing I could add would be, you know, we have a decent amount of Spanish speakers. Um, and so, you know, when we first got there, it was some, there's still some language barrier between, you know, the native Spanish speakers and the non native Spanish speakers. Um, but over time, you know, you kind of start to pick up certain phrases, um, guys you know who don't originally speak Spanish you know are doing Spanish programs to be able to communicate more um, and we have translators within the team but we kind of you can kind of feel um, kind of like like if if the coach is being serious you know be serious if he's chill he's being chill it's <laughs> you, you can kind of pick up on kind of like the energy um, but the definitely um, the language has been I get think for me challenging but you know i think over time i've started to really pick up you know some phrases here and there and uh, i do duolingo here and there so um i think over time i'll eventually you know be more fluent and be able to speak at the pace of some of you know my teammates because i can kind of understand it when it's like slow but when it's like really fast i'm like okay i lost you (laughs) (laughs) when they get like excited or angry and stuff you don't get it immediately (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Duolingo is the way to go. It, I've had some success there, so highly recommend. But um, that's great that you're learning and trying to make that work. Um, yeah. Cool. Okay, so last thing I want to ask you about. Can you tell us about your poetry? I've seen it on Instagram and stuff, and I'm super excited about it. How did you yeah. get into that? Yeah, um, so I started writing poetry when I was in college. Um, it was around my sophomore year. Uh, yeah, it was, tw- it was yeah, 2017. So uh, that was when I like, first started where I just, you know, it was, for me, it was started as like an outlet um, for my emotions, you know, feelings, kind of what I was going through, just to write it down, 
get it off my mind. I'm going to see it, read back through it and be like, okay, like I can kind of like, you know, start to see how I can get through emotions my like by myself. Um, and then it turned into, you know, uh, an activity where, you know, it wasn't not only me just kind of learning about my emotions, but, you know, more like a hobby where I could, you know, write something that sounded good or, <laughs> you know, on like a specific topic, um, I could rhyme with it, you know, I could use metaphors. And over time, um, I developed the skill of writing poetry, just kind of like, just literally, not, not like I, I didn't take a poetry class or anything. I just literally just started writing, you know, I um, started to really enjoy it and I the more poems I wrote the better I got and then my senior um my senior year this pat this November of 2019 I did my first uh like spoken poetry in like a public setting where there was like an audience and yeah. uh it was a big icebreaker going forward because I'd never done it before. And when you're the only voice in the room and all <laughs> eyes are on you, it's, it's different. Um, so uh, it was, it was huge for me going forward. And then um, this year I decided just, you know what, like I feel somewhat comfortable to share these. Um, and so I just did it. And now, you know, I, I try and write, I try to just put in my routine of writing, whether it's journaling or poetry. Um, I've slowly been building up my poetry content. Um, so then, you know, let's say some, one of my friends or family is having a bad day. I can send them a poem that's about, you know, positivity or something, you know, so it's kind of like a tool now um, and a way for me to understand the world better. But yeah, that's kind of some background on my, on my poetry. Um, but I will say it, it, it was, it came tandem with drawing. Like I originally loved drawing growing up and I really started taking like drawing like pretty seriously in college too. Um, and I was really interested in like the process of starting with nothing um, and then writing or drawing and having like an end result and seeing that like that, uh, like it growing into something or, or me creating something. So, yeah. That's awesome. I love uh -huh. that so much. You can do both, right? poetry, yeah. artsy things, and sports. I'd imagine you were talking about like being the only voice in the room and having all eyes on you and things. Do you not feel mm -hmm. that when you're on the soccer field or no? Um, well, <laughs> it's funny because when, when I'm in, when, I, when I'm playing, it's, I would say the focus is similar. Um, like when I'm writing or drawing, it's like this kind of like relaxed concentration where okay. I'm focused and concentrated, but I'm like very relaxed. But when I'm in the game, um, it's like I'm focused and concentrated, but I'm, I, I strive to be relaxing and uh, calm, but I'm just so, there's so much going on that like, I don't even try and think about anything outside of the field. I'm just, just locked in, like in the zone when I'm like playing. Um, but then when I'm writing and drawing or I'm performing, you know, a piece, then, you know, there's, it's literally just my voice and almost nothing else and ah, that there's i think the environment and like the set and setting has something to do with you know the difference between my voice speaking a piece of poetry and my voice while i'm on the field um and just i guess like the levels too like i try 
use like a strong commanding voice when I play, but when I speak poetry, it's more like smooth and like there's like controlled pauses and like the use of silence is a lot different than in like a game. Definitely. That's mm-hmm. so cool. I love it. Yeah. I, I genuinely don't understand how that works. So I'm so glad that you could explain it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Cool. Um, Tien, do you want to jump in and ask a question? Uh, thanks, Aggie. And uh, thank you, Trey, for um, uh, joining us today. Um, I found your um, highlights back in Berkeley. And uh, that is some like, that was, I, I look at that and I was like, that is so crazy. Oh my God, that was amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. So uh, I want to ask, uh, we have David Beckham, who is the owner of Inter Miami. And also, you, I think the team is the team who have Blaise Matuidi in just a couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. I want to ask, um, how has David Beckham helped with like installing the culture into the team? Because we know that David Beckham come from Man United, under Sir Alex yeah. Ferguson, one of the toughest it's like one of the toughest culture in like, I think like there was a time was like the pinpoint of European soccer. So has yeah. David Beckham helped with installing the culture? Has he bring any of those elements into Inter Miami? Yeah, well, I think to start off, like he's just a great role model to begin with. Like, you know, we're kind of all aware of who David Beckham is, you know, his journey through soccer, um, who he's become not only as an athlete, but just as like a human being. Um, that's someone you kind of look up to and that's someone that, you know, you want to work hard for. And so I think just naturally, like there is some pressure, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a part of David Beckham's team, but then it's like, all right, like that just means like the standards a little bit higher and you got to work a little bit harder um, just to make sure that you're not only representing the club well, but you're representing the people who, you know, created this club and built the space for you to come work and uh, have a career in. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, David, do you want to go next? Sure. Uh, first of all, thank you for being here. Um, it's always interesting to hear from someone just out of college joining my favorite soccer league. So I was wondering, you, you're you on the same team as one of the greatest keepers in MLS history and Luis Robles. Um, has he kind of like helped you grow as a player? And can you talk kind of about that dynamic? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, Luis Robles is... You know, when I first got there, I kind of was like, man, like, you know, this is someone who's, you know, been MLS Goal of the Year, you know, won a MLS Cup. Um, he has so many accolades. Like, he holds the most consecutive games played in the league. Like, you know, so there's – I was definitely nervous when I first met him. But then, you know, as you start to train, you start to get to know him more. You know, he's you just realize, like, how genuine of a person he is how good of a leader he is, you know, his communication skills. Um, he is, he is someone that I genuinely like look up to as a human, but of course as a goalkeeper. Um, but, you know, just seeing his work, seeing his work ethic, um, even, even at this stage in his career, he's staying after training and doing extra work. Um, and he's really has kind of set the bar you know, for, for me to be like, all right, like, okay, this is my first year. Um, and to see how he trains, how he plays in the game, how open he is to answer any questions that I have. Um, even his humor, like everything is just like, uh, it's very 
welcoming, but is, there's a, he also holds a high standard um, when you're in training, you know, or, or when we're getting prepared for a game. Um, he knows when to be serious and when to, you know, kind of ease off a little bit. But I think overall, like, he's served – he's our team captain, so he's served as a great role model and leader for all of us. Um, and, you know, he's very supportive. Like, our GK union is – very supportive of each other. You know, it's, it's, it's a very good environment to, to play in. Um, I think that was really important for me in my first year was to, you know, I guess be comfortable with who I would be working with and who I'd be playing with, but also going through the uncomfortable parts of training, the hard work, the heat, all like the lift and everything to have, you know, that those relationships and a GK union is so important. And he's kind of been, kind of at the forefront of, you know, making sure that everyone like the team is good. You know, he's kind of, um, he's kind of lead, leading the way to build the culture within our team. Thank you. Yeah. Good question. Cool. Um, Maria Jose, do you want to go? Thank you, Aggie. Thank you, Drake. I have a question. It is, as you said, it was goalkeeper after um, your sophomore year in high school, which was like your idol or role model as a goalkeeper. Who was my role model as a goalkeeper? Yeah, like after yeah. like college sophomore year in that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say Manuel Neuer. Um, of course, he's one of the top goalkeepers and he's been one of the top goalkeepers you know, for a while. Um, I think just his style of play, you know, his aggressiveness, his, his confidence, um, the range he has, you know, being able to play long balls, sidewinders, you know, play off his lines like a sweeper keeper. Um, he kind of just had all, you know, the boxes checked on like, you know, what you can do and kind of like how the position is developing as years go on, being more involved in the buildup um, and just seeing him compete in so many at the highest level, you know, through, you know, the Bundesliga, you know, Europa League, like World Cup, Champions League, like he's there, like he's, he's playing and he's doing it consistently. Um, and just seeing like, also too, like, he's also very calm. Like some of like the, all like the top goalkeepers, you know, it's, these guys are calm, but then like in the moment they're like fierce and they're warriors and like being able to see, you know, him balance that, part of the game so well was something that you know I'm still striving to be and to do you know because it's it's a it's an important part of the game thank you you're welcome that's awesome I love Neuer great guy love him yeah cool <laughs> Tien do you want to go again uh thanks Aggie so uh I want to ask about um so um, I actually just briefly look at your Instagram and um, you went to the MOS bubble with your team and for the MOS back tournament. So I want to ask, um, how was the experience overall? Were there good memories? And finally, what do you think, like, did the team, like, after the bubble, like, living together for such a long time, did it help building the team's bond together and, like, for go going forward into, like, the future? Yeah, so I think, you know, because we were in that space, you know, for, you know, a longer period of time, you know, you were eating meals together, we're training together, 
um, we're, the, really you can only inter interact with your team because we're, we're still social distancing with the other teams. Um, we had like a team lounge on our floor, so we were able to, you know, I know, I know guys were playing cards and playing poker together and playing video games. So um, you really start to learn more about your teammates and, um, you know, them as not only as players, but them as just people, you know, like kind of like, you know, how they are. Um, so in that aspect, yes, we definitely got closer. Um, and the bubble experience, I think that we were, we were fortunate enough to kind of return to play in that setting just because, you know, we, you know, we're at a, the, the, the Disney World Sports Complex where we had fields to train on. Um, we had pretty much everything we needed to play soccer, which was the biggest thing. Um, and having the safety of the bubble, um, even though, yeah, there were upon the arrival of some teams, there were some, there were some positive tests. I think the league handled it really, really good um, with quarantining and, you know, making sure, you know, people are still social distancing and just, you know, having, even having flyers up around the building of like, you know, like social distancing practices and like how to like, you know, maintain good health. Um, so yeah, I think coming out of the bubble, um, us not having won a game, we came out of the bubble kind of like, all right, like now we're even more determined. Now we've kind of hit rock bottom. Like, I don't know if we can go any lower than this. We need to really figure out things and move forward. So I think guys, the past couple weeks have been very, very determined um, and even more aware of what they're doing, you know, at the facility, how much work, we're, how much work we're putting in um, really just trying to be as ready as possible for our next challenge. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Awesome. Yeah. The bubble was so much fun to watch. It was really cool. Um, David, do you want to do the last one? Sure. Um, I was wondering, could you take us more through kind of the experience of finding out you had your homegrown player rights traded to Miami and like just that whole moving to Miami, signing the contract, like learning everything about the team at the very beginning? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, having my homegrown rights traded, um, you know, I'm not necessarily – I don't have any bad blood with anybody. I think that's just part of the game. You know, part of it, of course, playing soccer, but it's also a business aspect. And um, for me, like, I was really just wanting to become a pro, whether that was with San Jose, whether that was with a team I was traded to. Um, so, of course, in the moment, I was like, wow, like, this is kind of a big change. You know, this is – it was uh, something that was, like, part of the unknown – so I didn't necessarily know, you know, I'm going through like my, like the start of senior year and like the senior season, I was like, all right, I don't necessarily know what's going to happen in two and three months, but I have, I like my goal is to become a pro. Um, and so the fact that I was still given that opportunity to join a team and start my professional career, I was very grateful for. Um, and even when I was in the academy, like, you know, I, the relationships I built, the training I got helped me become the player I am today. So I think kind of like the purpose of the academy was developing players to become professionals. And even though I wasn't able to become a pro with San Jose, I was still be able to become a pro with Inter-Miami. Um, and then I guess, yeah, like learning that in the time frame of like, all right, like now you're going to finish college and then you have to, you know, 
spend time with your friends, say bye to everyone from college, and then spend time with your family during the holidays, and then you're off to Florida for, you know, however long. That was kind of a hectic time period. Um, but I just took it one day at a time, and I was really just, like, thinking, like, hey, like, this is this is too good of an opportunity to, uh, to pass up. And um, I will say, though, like, I don't know if I've, like, the emotions I felt when I was, like, leaving my family at the airport was probably, like, some of, like, the like the deepest emotions I felt um, just cause it was like, you know, you're moving away and it's like, not just like a couple hours of colleges, you're going across the, in, the entire country. Um, but you know, everyone was super supportive, not only my friends and family, but like my teammates from Cal. Um, and so it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was definitely like uh, a very pivotal point in my, my life, but upon arriving um, the staff and team at Miami made, the transition very smooth you know they 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 helped us with finding apartments they helped us you know kind of getting everything situated um and just being there for support so it wasn't like i was just just flew there i was like all right like what do i do now i, I kind of had you know people to really um help me out with that process you know me not living in south florida ever before um, just coming to a completely new environment was, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy, but I kind of just embraced it and kind of went through it with the team. And it was just, you know, we started preseason only, what, I think like four or five days after I arrived. So again, having soccer as like, you know, like the main focus helped me keep my mind off of probably like thinking about, you know, home or thinking about, you know, friends and family. So again, soccer was kind of like there for me when I needed it. Um, so yeah, that was, that was kind of like that period of time in a nutshell. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Lots of emotions. I'm sure excitement, some, I guess, I don't know, nerves and stuff with leaving home, but yeah. that's awesome. Great. So last question, I always end the show on advice um, so is there one piece of advice that you wish you had heard when you were making all of these life decisions and things coming out of college, going into MLS? Yeah, I would honestly, one piece of advice I would have um, for anyone in college, going into college, you know, or whatever stage you're at in the college process, I would just say just to value your relationships with your friends, your team. Um, I wish I had done a better job of building relationships with you know, my teammates, friends, you know, spending more time with them, you know, whether it's going on a walk together around campus or eating dinner. Um, because when it really comes down to it, like when I think back about my experience in college and leaving college, um, it was hard. It's, it's hard to say bye to your friends, you know, and, and it's hard to go to, uh, to just follow your path into life. Um, but, you know, when I got here, I realized like, okay, like, I have my team, but outside of that, I don't necessarily have any friends. So, you know, I've spent a lot of time on the phone talking to friends and family, but um, I look back and think, man, I definitely could have done more. I could have done more of everything. Um, like you're going to, like you're, you're, you're going to make it through whatever it is you're going through. Um, I went through a lot in college and it kind of took, what I thought was a lot, um, it kind of made me realize like you can push more, you can push harder, you can, you can endure a lot more than you think. Um, and 
yeah, I would say just to do more of everything, work out more, um, spend time with friends more, train more, read more. I, I miss, as crazy as it sounds, I miss going to lecture. Like I miss like being in class and like taking notes and like reading and, um, you know, having like, uh, having like a structure for like my day. Um, Cause now it's like, I'm, I play soccer from seven to noon and then, you know, I'm, I have the rest of the day to, you know, recover, read, whatever, write poetry. But um, when you're in college, it's like, I remember getting up at 6.30, leaving the place at seven and not coming back until like the evening um, because you had training, class. So I just say, I guess overall, embrace the process, embrace the process of becoming um, and just enjoy it while it lasts because it goes by in a flash. Um, I remember the last couple of weeks, uh, when I found out I was going to South Florida, I was like, all right, like, I'm just going to take a day and just chill out on campus, you know, look at the birds, you know, get some sunshine, because it's, 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 it's a finite time when you're in college. So I would just say just to embrace every moment. That's amazing. I love embrace every moment and do more. It reminds, it sounds like a combination of just do it. <laughs> like Nike. Yeah. yeah, literally just do it. Because like, um, ah, there's, a, there's a quote from a book. I recently read uh, it's called um, Pound the Stone by Joshua Metcalf, Seven Lessons to, to Develop Grit on the Path to Mastery. And the quote was um, about like, like the moment and like presence. Um, and it said, uh, the past is gone, regret is poison, and what you think and do now like determines the future. So I was like, you know, I, all right. So like just, if you're just in it right now and you know, and you're, you know, experiencing life and you know what whatever it is you're doing and you're just present being in the moment then when the future does come you're probably not going to have any regrets because you did it you 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 decided just to do it definitely yeah, yeah. i love that I, you should be a motivational speaker i like listening to you speak about these things it's funny you say that because it's like public <laughs> speaking is like it puts a pit in my stomach whenever <laughs> i think about it um but i I guess kind of to that point, I've been, I do a lot of yoga. I've been practicing yoga for like a while. And I recently started leading yoga sessions for some of my teammates. And, you know, it was like the day where I was like, someone was like, hey, you should lead the session. And I was like, you know, I feel kind of, I get kind of uncomfortable when I talk, when it's only me talking, I'm kind of leading someone, but I'm just going to do it. And then I did it. And it was like that breakthrough of like, okay, yeah, I can do this. Like, this is, this, this isn't so bad. Um, and so I think through that and through poetry, I've started to build my, my speaking skills. Um, I actually grew up with a stutter. I had a really bad stutter when I was younger. And so like when I, whenever I read, you know, sometimes I'll do a page in my head and sometimes I'll like read out loud. Um, and it helps with like my comprehension and like my voice. So thank you for pointing that out because it's, it gives me some reassurance that, you know, I, I am developing good speaking skills. For sure. For sure. I love it. You, you spoke through what, like a 45 minute podcast. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, Drake, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for speaking with us. This was so fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, thanks for giving me the opportunity to, to share my story, you know, and give some insight to, to what's going on and, you know, about soccer and just college. And, you know, I was able to give some advice to some of the, to some of the listeners um, who may be in a situation where, you know, they're in college or, you know, they're kind of like, oh, like, well, 
I have some some questions that might need answers. So I think hopefully, you know, maybe there's one or two listeners you know, who 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 will resonate with this. Um, and yeah, I'm always I'm always down to chat. You know, you can you can reach out via social media. You have my number, so I'm all, I'm I'm always open to you know conversation. And like I said, like I'd rather I'd rather have a conversation with someone than regret not having it later. You know, so definitely that means a lot. Awesome, thank you so much. Yeah, and thanks for everyone else for asking the questions. Very good questions. Um, I love questions because it's, it, it gives me a chance to really like look, look deeper into like what's going on. Um, so yeah, thank you. Definitely. Stay tuned for more episodes on Adventures with Aggie coming next week.